Hello and welcome to Inside Motorsport as we continue our look at the Brindabella Motorsport Club with its president, Dougal Wilson. An ACT club surrounded by New South Wales and part of the Australian Rally Championship must mean that there's some names in the club that would be well recognised and and have won a number of different titles, not only locally but nationally. Well, I was going to say we are, again, being fortunate in the fact that being the bush capital and you're really no more than 20 minutes away from a rally stage, whichever way you head. Um, we have managed to pick up... Um, a few known names over the years. Um, it started off early on with uh, Greg Carr and uh, Fred Gacentis, um, and you're saying well-known names, but also um, the amount of old footage out there of, of racing through the developing suburbs of Canberra. There's plenty of develop in Canberra at the moment, but unfortunately not much chance of us getting cars out into those estates. They, they put them up so quickly now, so that you spot a road and then you go back Two weeks later, and there's already a house built there. I was going to say other names: Neil and Rick Bates. The fact that sort of having champion drivers who call Canberra home ha- has been been great. Uh, also, the fact that running the running their various businesses, which help support motorsport, um, is a, is a great draw as well. And their reputations, not just as um, competitors, but also with regards to the services they provide. And then, sort of, I was saying. Continuing to carry the carry the torch with regards to the um, Bates family, and of course, uh, Harry and Lewis, who are out there tearing it up now. And we, we occasionally um, we occasionally pinch Molly Taylor to align with the club, given given the history that there is there. So they're, they're probably the most high profile names we had. I think we actually had Mark Weber as a uh, as a member for a year. I think he wanted to go in an event, and the, and the price he had to pay was, well, you need to be a member to, to run the event. So he coughed up his money. So a, a tenuous link to Formula One there as well. It's also a club that has changed its profile over the years in the way of balance between competing members and then associate members or maybe unlicensed members that don't get in the car. How critical is having that balance and actually having the uh, bigger support crew than there is the racing crew? Well, it's it's always been the case. Um, you can have as many people turn up with cars and big crews and everything else ready to race, but if you don't have um, the volunteers and the officials there who are um, manning the road closures, running the controls... Um, and certainly in the months and months beforehand, it, it's sort of the core group who are out in the forest and surveying the courses, making decisions and going and having the meetings with government and forestry and all those other people who need to be involved when you're putting on events has always been critical. And, and that is still the case, uh, especially with increased concerns with regards to environmental protection and, and regards of the fact that it's voluntary. It's like, it still workplace health and safety rules that need to be followed. So it's Having um, having that support, people who have the knowledge and experience, but also, I'm going to say, the networking, the fact that being a close community here in Canberra, and they say about six degrees of separation, well, in Canberra, it's only three degrees of separation because 
everyone pretty well knows everyone. That's a that's a has a lot to do with the way we managed to get things to move forward and solving problems through making a phone call and uh, and a little bit of horse trading on things. So yeah, I was going to say that uh, the fact that that the high number of um, people who are involved in the club but aren't actually in in the cars. Um, is important. We've we've always tried to do that. We've always managed to have a large cohort of volunteers, and and a lot of that came with the bigger events like Rally of Canberra, and of course with the Netia National Capital. Back, I was say when we're talking about those golden days in the um, the late nineteen um, nineties and. Uh, 2000s, where Rally of Canberra would require 1,300 volunteers because uh, it was running nine stages a day and they were nine separate stages. That profile has now very much changed where the norm is you usually end up with around about six stages and they are run a couple of times, maybe in different directions the like. But in that time where, as a club, we would have we had around about 2,000 people uh, on our database of people who were able to help out. The number is much smaller now, but even so, given the way events are now run, there is still quite a lot of work that goes into that, and it's good to have them on board and willing to turn up. And we get people who travel interstate. They come down from Queensland to work on Canberra events. So it's nice that there's a dedicated core and who just absolutely love the conditions here in Canberra. And as I said, the fact that you're only about 20 minutes away from a rally stage so it makes it convenient for people saying i can actually stay in a hotel and get up a little bit early in the morning and go out and do my job instead of i've got to drive for a couple of hours and then camp out in the forest in order to do my job so there is there is some appeal to coming in and helping out with an event in canberra before we get on to the big event that's that are coming i would like to also uh, acknowledge that you have got the benefit of some very senior people in Australian rallying and very experienced that others are getting mentored by. Cole Trinder, Adrian Dudock, Phil Thornbird, who are all people who have got strong reputations across the rallying landscape. Well, I say it's funny when you when you, when you mention those names and, and uh, said I've, I've been involved in rallying here in Canberra since 1996. So uh, whether I consider them as partners in crime is is one pe- one thing people might say, but yes, no. I mean, it, it, again, having having that depth of expertise here and experience, we are very aware of the need for succession planning. Uh, saying in our meetings when we sort of look around the room, and and it is a case of saying none of us are getting older, and it's not quite as easy to set up a stage as it used to be. So that's where where we have continually tried to um, draw people into the event and get them involved in the officiating side. Um, I mean, a lot of people that's how they start their careers in in rallying or even in motorsport and we do try to really provide that immersive training and getting people involved in events and then putting them through a process of you do need to start out in the field and get an understanding of what actually happens out there but then trying to swap out that expertise and bring people into a command environment and understand how things operate on the other side of the radio and whilst you might not hear a lot of radio traffic going on when you're out in the field back in the command center there's there's always stuff going on so again trying to provide people who are interested in uh, in officiating that giving them the benefit of that knowledge and experience giving them exposure but also um, going to them and saying what are you what are you really after what where do you think your you, the gaps lie in your knowledge and stuff like that mostly it comes back to 
things that do happen in the field, oh, if if this sort of incident occurs, what what do you do? How do you react to it? And again, that's where it's a case saying, well, this is where uh, shadowing people helps and the fact you can observe what's going on. And I was saying these gentlemen who, who are doing that, and I mean, Adrian Dudok, absolutely reigns when it comes to that sort of thing. He is He's spent so much time working with people to try and build their skills up and get them that exposure and also encouraging them to, to go out and, and take on the challenges. I know that uh, earlier in my piece, and he was just saying, you should be directing events. So I, I dabbled my toes in the water and, and then sort of said, mm, not so much for me and got back to doing other other things uh, to keep events running. And uh, I actually worked quite closely with Phil Thornburn in the, the stuff we do and getting ready for events. But as you said, it's it's great to have those people around. It's just the worry that if interest in the sport starts to wane, will there be enough people to follow through and keep the sport going? Or is it something which is um, unfortunately going to fall by the wayside as uh, older members um, can either can no longer be involved or as uh, what befalls us all, um, the Grim Ripper comes knocking. Next week on Inside Motorsport, we conclude our discussion with Dougal Wilson, the president of the BMSC, as we look forward to their big event of the year, the NITA National Capital Rally, which will feature as the first round of this year's Australian Rally Championship. I hope you can join us then. Until next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.